Hey pals, welcome back to the Project Van Life podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and this week I am without my co-host, Taylor, but don't fret. I still had the opportunity of interviewing an amazing nomad in our community. Her name is Benny, and she lives in a decommissioned ambulance. We spent the episode really focusing on ADHD and what it's done for us in the van life community. I have ADHD, and obviously Betty does too, and it just opened up the dialogue of how amazing it's been for our mental health and overall life. Um, So I'm really excited for you guys to check it out, and I'm going to stop talking, and you guys can sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Um, Thanks for coming and hanging out with me and being so down to, to talk about all the things. Thanks. I I guess it's I say it's so good to be here, but really I'm I got super excited because like I've been I think I saw you I don't remember when we started following each other, but I was scrolling through your feed and saw a picture you had posted of your van with like the thread design of the mountains. Oh, on your wall. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I had saved that as van design inspiration like a year ago. And I couldn't remember if I saw it on Pinterest or if I had it saved on my Instagram. But when I saw, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a face behind this beautiful van design. I was so stoked. You're so but- sweet. No, I, I was really excited. This is the thing too, is I, when I find like really, really cool accounts or if I come across really cool accounts or, or they get in touch with me, I get so excited. And I, I feel like people need to get a restraining order because I... <laughs> just like I love on them so hard and I I felt that way with your account like I saw your stuff I loved your stuff I could not get enough of what you were doing and and just wheel talk is the thing that when you post on your story like I will go out of my way to see what you're posting about that's how invested I am in everything you're doing (laughs) thank you <laughs> yeah this is just a love fest actually it's not even about anything else other than just complimenting each other yeah I will yeah it's you're very likable so it's really easy to compliment so yeah some people may not know you and and that's their that's their loss but let's give them the opportunity who are you I am Benny I uh, yeah, I'm Benny, short for Bethany, long for B. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm 25 years old. Yes, May. 25. Um, May 22nd is my oh, birthday. It's a great um, birthday. When's your birthday? March 4th. March 4th? Oh my gosh, you have the same birthday as my ex fiance. <laughs> You just have so much knowledge. <laughs> Such a short sentence. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. So who am I? Um, I'm Bethany. I'm 25. I was engaged once or twice. Um, nice. Chrislyn shares the same birthday as my ex-fiance. <laughs> um, let's see. I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. Born and raised there. And I live in a decommissioned ambulance it's a 1997 ford e350 with a 7.3 liter diesel engine 
Wow. I'm going to like nod and pretend that I knew what any of that meant. I would love to say that I know. I'm impressed that you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a 7.3 liter engine is like Ford's best engine that they ever made. And so it's a very sought after engine. It They call it the million mile engine. Wow. And so it, so far it has... 275,000 miles on it and and mechanics always tell me oh you're just breaking in it your fan is hitting puberty right now wow so that's encouraging yeah it but it's so loud though like you my parents hate when I come home and to visit them because they're like it's so loud and it's so janky looking and <laughs> they can hear you so <laughs> yeah they can hear me a mile away because it's a loud engine but it works great yeah it's powerful I love um, that you're in an ambulance. That's so cool. Thanks. I love that it's an ambulance too, because especially being in Mexico, people, it's like van life isn't that big of a thing yet. It's starting to, but they'll see an ambulance on the street. And one time I was visiting a friend in Ciudad Juarez mm-hmm. and their neighbor came over and they were like, who is sick? Like, why is there an ambulance in front of your house this whole week? <laughs> and so it's a bit more conspicuous, I think. Yeah, or a little bit more concerned. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit easier to get around. Um, I think less You're likely to be broken people. into. Yeah. <laughs> people are looking at that. They're like, ah, next car, I'm good. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so how did you get the decommissioned? Like, where'd you get the decommissioned ambulance? Craigslist. I looked on Craigslist. Uh, I was, because, um, let's see. So 2019, I was looking at vans for a while. I wanted to get a Dodge Promaster, but they were out of my price range and I was just finishing school. And so I was a broke college student. And so I, a friend of mine told me that, hey, you can get an ambulance. That would be sick. And I was like, yeah, that would be sick. I don't want to be seen in an ambulance though. And then when I applied for a loan and didn't get approved for a loan. I was like, you know what, maybe I should apply or not apply, but look for an ambulance that's in my price range. So I looked at government websites. Usually they have like government auctions for these type of emergency service vehicles, but I uh, didn't find anything until I looked on Craigslist. This kid in Oregon, he listed it online. Um, he used it to haul his dirt bikes around and it was still in the same state. Like it was still an ambulance and wow. he bought it from a guy who bought it because he was a writer and he used it for like writing inspiration. And then that guy bought it from the city of Houston who had it as an ambulance. And so wow. now I have it. So I like saw on Craigslist, um, texted the, the guy and we worked out um, having me fly over to Eugene and he picked me up at the airport. I fell in love, ignored all the rust and the problems that it had because I was already invested with the one-way ticket that I bought to work and yeah. buy it. I have to um, go back with an ambulance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, bought it. And so that was in February. And then I worked on it for a couple of months. And then um, my old firefighting captain. Oh yeah. Another part about me, I used to do wildland firefighting. And so my wildland fire captain from a few years ago called me and said, Hey, we think it's going to be a really busy fire season. You should come be on our crew again. And so that cut my building timeline 
in <laughs> what was going to be like a six month timeline to, uh, oh, you got to get done in three weeks. So, whoa, slapped everything together and then <laughs> it's not completely done, but it's like livable. Um, I, I saw Live Edge. Yes. Yeah. And yours is Live Edge as well, your first build. Yeah. I think that's where I got the inspo because I, people were telling me you can't do live edge counters and I said I saw a girl and <laughs> I posted that ad she had live edge start. Yes. So, yeah. no I love it yeah no honestly we had we got so lucky I don't know where how you like sourced out your live edge but we had found a guy that was set I think it was eight and a half feet slab and he was selling it. We bought it for $35. Mine was not $35. Mine was $200, I think. Ooh, yeah. Where did you get it from? Uh, online. It's right. So Utah has this website called KSL, and it's okay. an equivalent to Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, but it's more user friendly. And so oh. this guy cut down his neighbor's tree and then had it slabbed up. And I nice. drove up and bought it and yeah, I like the, I like it a lot, but it's not my favorite feature of the build. I, I, my oven is my favorite build aspect. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever not do an oven. Like we had actually lived eight months with a camping stove. Yeah. I don't think I would ever do that again. <laughs> no. And it's not recommended. Like it says specifically not, not recommended for indoor use, but everyone who has an oven in their van it's not recommended <laughs> it's not recommended but people do it anyway <laughs> do it I yeah. think it, as long as you're safe I mean firefighter I feel like <laughs> we're good I feel like we're okay yeah <laughs> um there's so much I want to talk to you about and it's so dangeru that we are on this call because I just there's so many things and I feel like that's a great intro to <laughs> the chaos in our minds and how we deal with ADHD because I think that's kind of another thing that we we have in common is we're, we're two people with ADHD I don't know about you I was actually only recently diagnosed um, and had no idea I thought maybe I was just someone who wasn't always necessarily driven um you know I it was really hard for me to start on stuff and I'm like oh you know everyone's saying that I just suck and maybe I do just suck like I don't know that was my no. <laughs> you know you come up and you're like okay well there's something wrong here and it wasn't until I think last year so um yeah I don't know about you have you always known that you had ADHD so it's funny that's how we're transitioning into this conversation because as I was speaking I was like I am talking about so many different things I'm getting so sidetracked <laughs> oh my god sweet this is perfect um <laughs> I was also um I so I got my bachelor's degree at the end of 2019 and like a week after I graduated I was like I don't know how I graduated I need to get like see a doctor and see if like I have ADD because I actually I found out about that about it that was a possibility when I stumbled across this video on Instagram from this public 
motivational speaker named Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. And she listed all of these like things that her, her title and her video said, if you think you might have anxiety or depression and you fall under these category, like these, this category thing, whatever it's called, you should maybe consider that anxiety and depression is not what you have. It's just a symptom of an underlying problem. And so I watched her video and she was going off like how she loses things all the time. She can never remember to close the door or lock the car or lo like loses her keys all the time. And it's just like, this happens to people all the time. But when you experience this from such a young age and people are calling you like a dingbat or a daydreamer and you can never focus. And the thing is that it it's manifested in girls differently than guys like absolutely boys you know when they have ADHD when they're younger they're bouncing off the walls and they're everywhere the hyperactivity it's 100% the hyperactivity and I think there's there's so many things too and sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I just, no, you're good. it's such a good point because I feel like um a lot of the symptoms and a lot of how I think doctors kind of were were figuring out okay this is how it's going to display this is how it's going to show up in people they were using boys and men and they were kind of just fitting everybody into that category it's like oh well mm -hmm. she doesn't have that hyperactivity bouncing off the wall she's not displaying it in the same way therefore she she can't have ADHD mm -hmm. Look at her. she's fine so I, I think that's a she good just point. daydreams <laughs> yeah oh my god I I can't even begin to get into that mm -hmm. heard that growing up and I remember every report card coming home Kristen's great, but she really needs to focus. She really needs to stop the chit-chatting. She really needs to just take a minute. And I remember whenever I'd be talking too much or I have too much going on, I'd get like, like move away from people. And I felt like, I was like, um, <laughs> I need people <laughs> to function. Mm -hmm. And I, it was, I think, really difficult. And even people don't know how to navigate around that. So I just, I really wanted to touch on that. But anyways, continue mm -hmm. with what you're saying. No, exactly with the whole, like people, they just say try harder. But it's like telling someone to try harder to focus is like telling a blind person to squint harder to see better. And so good. it's... It, well, I, it's not my original thought. It's actually from this book. It's called Driven to Distraction. Um, it's by Edward M. Hallowell. And he's just been studying ADHD in like every, like men and women for a long time. And so Mel Robbins actually recommended that um, a book to read when her, with her video. And so after I watched her Instagram video, I went to Barnes and Nobles and I bought the book and then there was a questionnaire that said this isn't shouldn't be used to diagnose yourself but if you fall in, if you can answer yes to these questions at least 12 of the 15 I think then you should really consider go seeing a doctor and receiving an official diagnosis I think if anything that and I and we've again talked about that I think it just gets people maybe they were so dismissive over things and, and we're just pushing it away. And they're like, Oh no, it's just, you know, a quirk. It's uh, one of my you know characteristics. I, you know, mm -hmm. nothing else really going on. And you made a point specifically about 
um, depression and anxiety. So I, hello, mental health. Um, I can't even tell you how old I was when I was diagnosed with depression and the anxiety I always feel is beautifully coupled with depression. Um, and, and, you know, and, and all the labels, whatever, but I, that's just kind of what it was mocked up to be. And I tried different medications and they worked to an extent. I always felt like there was something that wasn't being met. There was something that wasn't being taken care of and the medication was only doing so much. So I really struggled with finding something that worked. And, and my old doctors, they were just really, oh, we'll give it some time. We'll up your dose. We can try a different medication. And no one was really, I think, even looking to look at ADD as even a possibility. I actually had found out accidentally. So I was in, I was starting at a new, um, with a new therapist and it's pretty, it was pretty intense actually when I went, cause basically what she wanted to do is she just wanted to just test for everything um, before we started. Cause she really wanted to have a good idea of what she was kind of walking into. Right. Um, so the whole thing, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, um, you know, bipolar, everything. And I guess when some of the questions that I was answering to was kind of raising some flags for ADHD, ADD. Um, and it was later, she's like, I want you to come in and I want to test you. Um, I believe it's called the Deaver test. I could be wrong, but um, again, cause I don't remember anything. Um, <laughs> so I could have just told myself that, but um, I came back in and it was a whole day of testing. And I just did different scenarios. Like I did really simple things, but then also really difficult things like my memory recall. I didn't know it was that bad. I had no idea. He was like, I remember um, he, the, basically the situation was he was going to tell me a story and I had to do my absolute best to re, like tell him the story verbatim. And it was cool though, because it was memory and 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 calling an operator, like it's just mm-hmm. very bizarre things. So, do you ever find yourself remembering the most random details, like you, if it's something important that you need to remember for the life of me? Like I, I can't remember it, but you know, I'll be going down the street and I'll see someone. I'll be like, oh my gosh, do you remember me from like fifth grade? Like yes. we met on the playground doing yeah. this, and then they'll just look at me like. Remember I shared a pebble with you. It was really sentimental. I <laughs> it all day. Um, mm. yeah, 100%. I, I cannot remember important events. And I feel like a bad person because I can never remember birthdays, like mm. ever. Or it's someone that I like could really care less to remember their birthday. Like, because we have nothing, like we don't need to be in each other's lives. And I'll remember their birthday, but I'll remember my best friend's birthday. I don't know, but do you find like, what kind of things do you think you are able to recall or focus or pay attention to the most? Like what, what does your brain gravitate towards too, with like focusing your attention? That's a great question. Um, honestly, I think anything that, so this is what I've, and sorry, I'm again, all over the place. Um, yeah, you're good. This is welcome. Well, I mean, I, this is your show. (laughs) You can be wherever you want to be. Um, yeah, no, I love it. This is just as much your show as it is mine. That's 
this is not anyone's exclusively. Um, I think I'm just more curious because I've never had a conversation with someone who also has ADD that's yeah. our age. So. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think it's it's nice. Um, so I think for me, um, I uh, I really gravitate towards the creative, and I think. I have to, when I get something in my head, I have to do it in that moment because if I don't, I won't. Um, so 11 PM is the peak hour to build a table. Um, I have none of the supplies or tools to do it, but for whatever reason, and, and Taylor has to put up with it. He's so good, but I, I just get the, I, I will get this almost anxiety that I'm like, I have to do something. You have to do something right now. I, I'm, I'm not doing any, it's like, do you want to watch a movie? I'm like, no. <laughs> do you, you want to play a game? No. <laughs> it's like, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know. But there's this almost like overwhelming, bubbling, like emotion taking over. So I feel like when I'm doing the creative things like painting and, and even baking, like again, box stuff okay I'm not a chef I'm not baking crazy stuff in the um, kitchen um but something I guess that's kind of getting me to zone out if that makes sense because I, I feel like when I retreat into my thoughts and I just kind of let the chaos do its thing I actually feel really good and and okay and I I don't feel like I'm having to rein it in at all and um yeah, I don't know if that kind of answered broadly <laughs> your question. So it sounds like you're, the way that your attention works in your brain, it's not like you have a lack of attention. It's just, you know, it's a, attention in not the area that you want it to be in, in the yes. right place, right time, but it's your attend, you are so good at focusing at whatever your brain wants you to do in that moment. And you can just be like hyper-focused on that certain thing that you need to do, yes. no matter what time of day it is. I understand nighttime seems to be like the time that's like, let's get productive on something that doesn't really benefit us. No. <laughs> so what about you? Tell me. So interestingly enough, um, so I find myself being very hyper-focused on, well, it's been a while since I've been hyper-focused. So this is actually, oh my gosh, my brain is just everywhere right now. I love so, it. So um, I'll start with how I realized I just could not focus and it was just becoming this intense problem. I would get in car wrecks all the time because I would zone out. Um, so I've been in like five car wrecks and I've totaled a few cars. And so it, people just thought I was a bad driver, but when I'm like really paying attention and I'm driving in a new place, I can drive very well. And then when I was in school, I would go to the library to study and I could not sit down and open a book and read. Like it was, unless it was like, like a, an hour before the test, then I would just be super focused. I can do that. Um, but then I realized that like a year before I actually bought my van, I was hyper-focused on van life. Like I could go hours and hours looking up YouTube videos and tutorials and blog posts and all of that to figure out how to build my van and different aspects like, like that, like it was nothing. And so when I find an idea that's really intriguing and new to me, I can be super honed in and focused on that for a long time and just put everything else off. 
Um, but since I've been living in the van, I find that I can be very mindful and present. And if I need to do something, because I'm always in a new area, like parking every day, um, yeah. it's just very easy for me to actually like, you know, the night before I write down things I want to do the next day and then I can actually do it. Um, sometimes I do miss that like hyper focus aspect um, just because it, you can get a lot of shiz done when you're like oh, yeah. in oh, that yeah. zone. I think it's a, it can be a superpower. Like it's, I, you know, people say it's a disability, but it's like disability is the help of me out. <laughs> but you're right. apostrophe ability. Yeah. But exactly. right now I'm hyper-focused. Actually, I can be hyper-focused on something right now. I'm focused on climbing. Yeah. So that's I've been seeing it. you climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm in Mexico right now. Um, it's near Monterrey, which is a few hours south of the border of Texas. And there's just this beautiful mountain range. And I just, I'm letting myself just let me, I'm just letting myself climb and be focused on that. So that's, amazing. that's also really nice. When we're able to hyper-focus, I think it's, you feel this this I feel successful like I feel like I I was able to get through and do something and and do it well and I really struggled through school um through elementary and high school it's kind of bizarre because my my first well my 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 first uh, I guess program that I did I did police foundations and wow. yeah yeah that's awesome um, yeah I really actually I had looked at it going into um like to Carleton University. It's a university here in uh, Ontario and Ottawa. And I wanted to go for my Bachelor of Arts in Law. So I was like, really, I was hyper focused on that. Um, that was my end goal. That was the goal. That was the only thing that was keeping me going. Um, and, you know, I did really well when I was there. I was really successful on my, my schooling career there, um, which is very bizarre when I was like just barely passing high school classes. So um, mind you, there was a lot more going on. And I feel like maybe the reasons I was so hyper-focused on, you know, going through with law and, and getting my police foundations background, I think maybe that wasn't necessary. I was hyper-focused, maybe in a not so positive and healthy way. Um, you know, I, I think it was I, I was so set on wanting to make a difference and kind of that was the fuel that was getting me through. And I'm in a program now, I'm in business marketing and my first and second semester went really well. And I've now noticed that I'm starting to teeter off again as my interests start to fade from the program. I think that's mm -hmm. really fair and, and okay to admit. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if, I mean, you were still interested in it, but, but because it's become this mundane routine, like you're, it's something predictable for your brain. Yes. It just kind of becomes part of the noise in your brain and it's not so new anymore. And so it's easier to just zone out and then your brain will just go to the next like squirrel. Like, <laughs> yes. like okay, we could attend class today or we could wash those dishes that I know you've been eyeing up. 
thing. And I'm like, okay. And then I clean the entire apartment. And, you know, by the time I'm done, I'm like, I'm way too exhausted to go to class. How, you know, it starts to affect me in in ways that I I don't want it to. And combating Mm -hmm. that is its own thing. Yeah. Do you ever, I wonder if we might be a little different in that way. I think it's hard. It it has been hard for me to just, if, you know, I need to do one activity instead of going to another activity, you know, there's like other things I need to do. I'll just sit there and like zone out and I'll think five minutes pass by and it's like an hour or two hours. And then I'll just like, it's kind of like Walter Mitty. Did you ever see that? The secret oh. of Walter Mitty? I am like, I've, oh, you haven't seen it? No. The movie? what (laughs) okay anyone who was listening to this podcast you if you have not seen the secret life of walter mitty and you are interested in van life what are you doing why haven't you seen the movie i'm so offended i'm i'm i've offended everybody here please write this down (laughs) the secret life of walter mitty yeah um this guy his name's walter and he works for life magazine and he develops negatives in the film department and he you know is living this routine life and he's just so used to like everything consistently happening he doesn't really live his life and so because of that his brain always like he always daydream and people just like you know make fun of him for that all the time and but as he starts to live life and be more in the present then he realizes that his daydreams don't occur as often and so I think that happens for me a lot like when I was in school or, you know, working that nine to five, it was just like, I I would mess up a lot because my brain would go into this autopilot mode and I would, I could not be mindful and present for the life of me. My brain just wants to be like, it thrives in novelty. So, yeah. No, I, I, I totally, I do agree with that. And I, I think with, with, you know, relating back to van life, I did notice a significant difference in the ADD because I, 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 and I talk so much about how I felt really present and to other people when they read that, I don't think if, you know, if they're not from a of of struggling to focus and struggling to be in the now and, Mm. and you know, you just kind of scroll by and you don't really understand, but it's like, it's so profound when you just, it just, there's no noise, there's no chaos, and you it's just peace. Mm. That's a really weird thing to feel when it's been the opposite your entire life. Yeah, it sounds like you've been through a lot, and it's really cool seeing, I mean, I've only known you for a little bit with social media, but we've been able to interact through the my Instagram stories and when you respond to certain things then you open up about more about your past and it's so cool to see why you're so passionate about fan life and why you're just trying to help other people you know get into it too because like you've it's changed you and so it's yeah it makes sense why if you've, you've been through all of that why van life is just that holy place for you I guess oh yeah absolutely I that means a lot too and I think um I think one of my biggest faults is that I'm I'm very quick to open up because I know 
what it's like to to feel this is gonna sound very cheesy but alone and and feeling like there was no answer and I mean you know I went through high school being told that I was not going to amount to anything all I wanted was my own car that was my dream like because all I wanted was to go away I wanted to drive away and I wanted to leave all of those people behind and everybody behind. And I just wanted to be somewhere else and, and see other places and live. And, you know, there was no dreams of going to school because I didn't think I could ever afford again. I'm, you know, I'm on my own and I just, I didn't think that there was anything more than that. So I think now that I came from that place, I just really want to reiterate you know, like, yes, you can, you can feel like that. You can have those experiences, but like, look what I was able to find in all of that rubble, you know, and like, in all of the, you know, you can find purpose. And even if you, to you, it seems small, it's so worth pursuing it. And I don't know, I think the biggest thing that I want to do with the platform is just instill this sense of, of, community and support. I think that's the biggest thing. Just, I want people to know that I support them in anything and everything they want to do in life. Well, you're doing an amazing job with that because I don't think I've met someone who I've never met in person that has, I've genuinely felt supported by you and you do a very incredible job supporting people with your daily posts too. I actually just brought you, you on here to say all these really nice things. Thanks, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> that means so much. No, it just it I I feel very honored that you asked me to be on your show because it's just yeah, you're an amazing person. I love it. Exactly how I felt about you. I was like, I just knew I wanted you on. So I I yeah, I I feel like you can just when you when you meet people, and I know it's it's so tough with the pandemic in terms of just being stuck to virtual friendships. And I'm, I know I, I just I can get a feeling for people when I, I get to chat with them and I get to see your life. And again, I know that people are posting what they want to share, you know, but I feel like you're very transparent and open about the conversations you're having. And, you know, yes, you will have your opinions on stuff, but I, I just, you're so open and just want to and you can just take all these opinions and it's like hey like this is how I feel but listen to how all these other people and like their take on it and like Mm -hmm. let's discuss I can't even imagine the success you've had with wheel talk because I'm like like, that's such a good idea (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I guess so for people who are listening and are like wondering what we're talking about so I um, a few, like a month into being on the road, I, well, no, let's see. I started living in my van in May of 2020, and then I started traveling around in it in October of 2020. So a month in, November had hit, or it was almost November. I just remember sitting at my steering wheel, and I read this post. Someone said, like, this is my truth. You got to own your truth. And then that phrase kind of bothered me and I don't know why it bothered me. And so I decided like, 
I'm kind of alone right now and I would love to have a deep conversation with someone. I don't know who. I'll put this thought out into the Instagram stories in the void (laughs) and put my thoughts out there and see what kind of response I get. And surprisingly, a lot of people interacted with it. And so I just started sharing their responses. Um, Rather than just responding to their through a DM, I was just like, I want other people to see what their thoughts are. And so I would share those thoughts and then kind of add my thoughts to it. And it became real talk at the will and it became will talk. And so then it just became almost a weekly thing. And then it turned into a not weekly thing because I went home for the holidays, but but the, the, the discussions have become a little deeper and I've been, you know, it's more of like, will talk is a place where you can interact with my stories at a semi-anonymous level while I get attacked for, or not attacked, but roasted for expressing my personal opinions on the matter. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I feel like that can be, although fulfilling it can also be a bit draining when you have so many responses coming in with so many different opinions on Mm -hmm. such topics and you kind of have to show up for that Mm -hmm. yeah the one of the more recent ones I um before I came to Mexico I was at home with my family for the holidays and I was just you know I had the thought, like, I wonder what people's thoughts are about traveling during a pandemic. And so I started that conversation and it was so split. I had so many people who actually it came from because I post there's this Facebook group called Solo Female Van Life. And I posted on there, I'm going to Baja, Mexico in the winter. If anyone wants to caravan, I speak Spanish. You can join my group. Um And so, and then I had like some negative feedback on the post. Other people were arguing with each other on my post. And I try to be very polite and civil and acknowledge and validate both sides. But I decided to take that to my Instagram. And so when I did that on my wheel talk, one of the, this person I had been following for a bit, um, they had been very helpful with me, um, for me in some of my band life stuff and I've always validated their opinion but this time they like crucified me like they basically like shut down all of my opinions and said I was very selfish and like me traveling to Mexico would like I I should be ashamed of wanting to vacation when I could be killing people from carrying a virus and I was just like Oh my God. How do you respond to that? I didn't know. I kind of just let this person vent and rant because they were also coming from a place where they had trauma, but they just, you know, they, their side was the right side. Then they created a post on their own story of them um, expressing, they didn't like, they, they were nice enough not to tag me. But they said that they were roasting and toasting you. Yeah. And just like saying that I was selfish for wanting to travel. And so that was the first time I had a very negative interaction on my story where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. How do you move on from that? You want to shut down. Um, I looked up to them and they're, they contribute with van life meetups too. And I wanted to go to some of these van life meetups that they had planned. And I was like, Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the wheel talks get real deep, people. Like, <laughs> they, I get roasted, but I also, like, if people aren't being critical, like, if they're not criticizing me and calling me names when they're responding, I acknowledge and validate whatever you have to say. Yeah. And I share it. Like, I don't just post one side on my wheel talk. I, I try to get all opinions out there. Oh, you've been fabulous with that. I feel like there is reasoning behind everyone's opinion and everyone's thoughts. And I, I think honestly, that's why I really look forward to, I think that's also, it's a learning opportunity for me. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. Maybe I've thought one way about something my whole life. And I, you know, maybe I'm very adamant and very stubborn in my ways. And when I get to sit down and go through it and go through your stories and, and see these, these conversations and these, these opinions of other people, and I get to sit and I get to think. They get to like mull it over, and I'm like, I never thought of it like that. I never approached it from this angle, and I feel it's a beautiful learning moment. I think for people. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's comments like that where I it does motivate me to try to get more discussion out there. So thank you. <laughs> of course. No, I I think what you're doing is awesome telling Taylor that I was so excited to chat with you and that you do this thing called the wheel talk. And I'm like, I even like contributed once. Like it was so cool. But um, I just told him about it and I thought it was really great. It's unique. It's different. And I think that's part of being authentic and being genuine and being different. And that's why you stand out so much to me and for so many other reasons, but bringing that to the community and the platform is so good. Well, thank you. Are there any topics that um, there's probably a ton and you interact with so many people? So if you don't remember, that's okay. But I don't know if there was like a specific um, we'll talk that maybe you, oh, yeah. you, there was one that you, I mean, the ones that you've responded to have always been so beautiful. And I've been what? like, yes, people read this. <laughs> like, But it was, I don't know if there's one that you just really like, I don't know if there was one that resonated with you. I guess that's my question I'm trying to ask. <laughs> I love that. I love us because the way we ask questions is so similar. <laughs> it's so good. You're asking like 15 questions in one and like going off on different things. And I do that. Love it. And I respect it. So yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I probably a little biased because I answered and responded to the one that but I, I feel like that has always been something that truly scares me. And that thing is death and the relationship Mm -hmm. with death and I think your question was more I don't think it was meant to be as general as death itself I think again it was and you can maybe clarify what the actual topic was so the question last week I had a will talk prompt that kind of piggybacked off of my traveling during a pandemic uh will talk and this one was, do you, has the last year affected your view on death or life after death? And Chrislyn, she sent the most beautiful response. And I, should I read it? Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay, I found the, the, the question. So it was, so I said, I'm genuinely curious to know if your belief in death and life after death has impacted the way you've lived this past year. Um have your beliefs regarding death impacted the way you've lived recently? So it was pretty a pretty general question. I took the ADD route. 
and it's only glazed over like the stuff that I wanted to get out of it. So my response um, was, oh man, put it simply, yes. I never used to be afraid of death because I had such a close relationship with never wanting to be alive. I used to get these absolute bizarre messages and dreams, beliefs that I wouldn't live beyond the age of 14. Obviously, I was just unwell. There was no actual message. There was nobody telling me <laughs> this in the sky. I just want to clarify. Um, but after meeting my partner, being shown all the adventures that life has and how amazing it can truly be, I'm afraid of death. I'm terrified. I'm scared that all those years I wished for it to take me away and it didn't, that now when I feel truly happy, it'll answer my old calls. I feel like I won't have enough time to explore for my partner, for the memories. I have a very bizarre relationship and can truly say it frightens me because afterwards there is nothing. I want to make it matter now. I want to appreciate my partner, my life, my adventures, and my ability to enjoy it. I'm fortunate. I want to live every day like that. Hearing you read that in person gave me goosebumps. Oh my God. Clearly this, like the way you're living right now is just, you really are living. I mean, you're, if you fear death, but it seems like out of respect, you're living the way you are to the fullest, whatever your brain wants to hyper-focus on, you're like, let's live it. Let's do it. Now knowing how, how good it can really be. And when you really try and make the most out of it and, and you're present and you have the supports in your life that make you want to be better and grow and see things and experience things. You, you said you had anxiety when you were younger, right? And what do you think was the anxiety? It was like an anxiety for, of being alive. And now the anxiety is like you're alive and living and you're trying to live your best life. And now it's like the anxiety of it not not being alive anymore <laughs> yeah and like and yeah. and not having enough time that's mm. that's awful I I when I met Taylor I said you know what at 50 I'm gonna cut, cut I'm just good 50 is good for me I'm gonna tap out he's like, <laughs> what are you talking about he's like 50 isn't old he's like you you're still healthy and good and I'm like oh yeah I know I want to go out like that and he's kind of he's just like what the like it's this chick like who am I involved with you guys should see Chrislyn's facial and like hand expressions it's like so fun to like watch you when you're speaking it's just like this is why it's so good when I have a phone in my hand on my IG story because I am limited to the theatrics well except like the the other day you had to like your story when you're like pointing out something and you can only see your hand and you're just like this is like <laughs> what is going on but I'm interested to know um I guess with you too like um oh yeah I don't think I actually answered it in my will talk so the question about death oh, um, yeah. <laughs> wait was that the question <laughs> We're so, yes no it is it is but I I love um, wait which which question do you want me to answer <laughs> I, I want to know your I guess opinion and I guess on the, on the topic and then where this all stemmed from for you as well. Like how, I, I mean, I'm assuming that as you had mentioned it, the depression and anxiety showing up and, and not being necessarily linked to ADHD, I'm making assumptions, but mm. I'm assuming you've in some way struggled with anxiety and or depression. Mm. So <clears throat> Benny's life in a nutshell, I, let's see. 
I was a very happy-go-lucky kid for most of my life. And then my mom and my dad were divorced when I was nine. And I just kind of grew up with the mentality that when hard things come into your life, you just got to square shoulder it, smile. There's a very toxic positivity song by um, Nat King Cole. And he says, smile when your heart is breaking, smile even though it's aching, smile. Like he's just, he's thinking about smiling and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the song. Like anything, anytime anything hard comes up, you just got to smile and be happy. Very toxic very unhealthy emotions demand to be felt. And so um, fast forward to when I was um, 20 years old, I had served an LDS mission. And so for the the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, when you're 18 years old as a guy, you go out as a missionary for two years. Or when you're a girl, you go when you're 19 and you go for a year and a half. And this is all like voluntary. And so I went and I came back and I had this life-changing experience where I was in a different country, talking to people every day about like spirituality and their faith and all that. And I get home and all of a sudden it's just like my, it's like all of the trauma I had experienced from my mom being in divorce and she had remarried a few times and I moved a lot with her. And so just like gaining families, losing families and all that, all of those feelings that I had never processed, never had seen a therapist for all of a sudden, just like crashed down onto my soul and like demanded to be felt like all of those negative emotions that you feel are built up and are stored somewhere in your brain, in your body. Um, and eventually you're going to feel it. And if you don't process them as they come, it's going to be hell when it comes. And so I just, one therapist that I had PTSD and I don't, I mean, it could be the case, but I never had like anything life-threatening happen, happening to me, but it was more like relationship anxiety and depression. Like I would just feel my worst when, um, I was in a relationship because I was just so fearful that I would do something wrong to end the relationship. And then that fear would drive that person away. Um, wow. And then I also like one of the times I was engaged, <laughs> not to the one that shares Chrislyn's birthday, but different guy. Um, I had got birth control and it was that hormone implant in your arm called Nexplanon, the devil stick. It's like Satan put his arm in my finger in my arm and he not saying wait hold on <laughs> okay so and then that just messed up messed me up even worse and so like my hormones were off I w- had emotions I didn't know how to healthily process also my attention span was all over the place like it is right now <laughs> so just the mix of things had was like those things were the underlying problems and it manifests itself in anxiety and depression. And so, you know, doctors, they'll, they'll see you and be like, oh, you are anxious and depressed. We'll just fix the symptoms rather than go to the root. And so, yeah. You've done that so, you worded that so beautifully. Like oh, you just summed all of the, but you like truly, I think, I, I don't want to say that 
I know exactly how you feel because I, I do feel in some instances it, it can be kind of taken as an insult. So I want to say that I, I respect and appreciate what you're saying and where you're coming from because I feel like it just sheds uh, a light on very difficult things to admit and how trauma manifests. And I, I also do want to say PTSD can come in all shapes and sizes and, and weights. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, stereotypical, very traumatic thing that has happened and it is life altering. Like, you know, you know what I mean? I, I think it can really manifest in different ways. So I also was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, so I respect that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> like the rap sheet is, is yeah. a, a clear copy of that. Thanks. <laughs> I do hope to one day, um, just because I think, uh, I'm gravitated towards learning about interpersonal relationships and how to have healthy relationships with people. Um, just learning from my experiences. Hopefully one day I can go into that field. And so I, think it'd be amazing. I love, I thrive on these conversations. I love them. <laughs> Same. I'm, it's how, it's actually really amazing to be able to have this conversation, I feel like almost something has been lacking for me. And I, it actually is very humbling to be able to talk to somebody that I feel is on that same level. And, and it's nice to have different perspectives and opinions because I just feel like it really adds to the, the dialogue. So, um, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the thing with Taylor and, and healthy relationships. Again, like I spent the better part of my dating years in unhealthy relationships. How has that been with living in a van? I mean, I, I remember you mentioned in your first episode that the whole sleeping situation was very difficult and that probably, I mean, if you can't sleep, it, nothing, nothing is okay. Nothing works. Nothing is good. I, mm -hmm. I think now, okay, this is a great way to put it too. Taylor is introverted. I extroverted, who knows? I, um, <laughs> so I think he already knew, and I'm sure from what you've gathered in, in the time that we've been chatting, this is me mm -hmm. all the time. And I, you know, having that in a small space, I'm sure he'll say, I loved it and it didn't drive me crazy and you're the best. <laughs> Um, but honestly, we were, I, you know, obviously you have those times where mm. it's usually me, I get irritated or frustrated about something and then I'll kind of act out. Um, other than that, I mean, things were good when you moved into your van, how was that lifestyle change? Like, did you used to like, were you always living on your own? Did you live <clears throat> with family? Did friends like, what was that shift for you? So I... Mm, I moved around a lot, like I mentioned, just because my mom would marry someone and yeah. my dad also was remarried. And so I'd switch back and forth between homes. Um, and then, um, but yeah, so I moved around a lot, um, went to different, a lot of different schools. And so I kind of just was very used to new starts all the time. And then during school, um, when I was in studying at the university, I tried living in an apartment with roommates for a year, 
I didn't like the city I was in. Um, I liked Salt Lake City a lot more. So I stayed in Salt Lake City and my parents were very nice and said like, if I'm in school full time and all that, I can, I can stay at their house. It was very hard for me living with them though, because it just, you know, when you're wanting to be independent and do your own thing and they kind of have their own expectations of how you live in their own home, it just, there's a lot of resentment that and contention that builds up and we get along a lot better when I'm not living with that. Transferring to the ambulance, um, the first part of it was in the summer when I, um, I moved to Wyoming to be a wildland firefighter. And so that was a great transition. Um, I was kind of parked in the same spot just at the ranger station and I would shower at the bunkhouses or go into the mountains nearby and like park there and shower and like bathe in the lake or a river or, you know, things like that. Um, and then I would travel a lot um, fighting wildfires in the area. And so um, just kind of was already a nomad living in a tent and then being in my van. Um, it just felt, I don't know, it feels like home in here. And, uh, but then once I hit the road, like the fire season ended and I hit the road, um, it was, I didn't have a system or a structure and, or a routine. And it was very frustrating because I first went to Moab, Utah, and I just could not find a place to park. It was a zoo. Everyone decided like everywhere. I mean, I think with the wildfires in California, all of the people from California wanted to go to Moab to escape from the fires. And everyone from Colorado that was dealing with the fires was going to Moab. And everyone from Washington that was dealing with the wildfires was going to Moab. And so it was just a zoo. Finding a place to park was hard. Like police officers would like knock on the window. And so it was stressful. But once like week three hit, I started getting a system down. Um, I loved it. Like, I don't regret choosing to be in a van. Um, the only thing I miss about living in a house is the, the option to have a garden. <laughs> I would love to have a garden someday. Well, I've never gardened that. before. But yeah, so the transition's been good. Um, like I mentioned before, with ADD, my brain thrives on novelty. So even when I'm just like parking, like, in a hotel parking lot or behind a dumpster or something like my brain is just like this is amazing like like it just it's just yeah yeah living the dream <laughs> behind a dumpster well I had to park behind a dumpster um a few times just because there happens to be a, an outlet there and having a van that's a diesel when the temperatures are pretty cold it needs to be plugged in or else it doesn't start like you probably experienced that in Canada. Like everyone who has like a diesel has to plug their truck in. Yeah. yeah. We were actually, we didn't have any issues. We never had to plug in. Um, but we, I mean, we were always driving and we were like, the vehicle was not stationary much. Like, I feel like we were out daily moving the vehicle. It was constantly mm -hmm. running. Um, okay. Oh, yours was a diesel? Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite um memories was actually the first night in my house my tiny house on wheels <laughs> stanley uh, yeah um so i was driving to wyoming and my alternator in my van went out and that's um the alternator is what kind of like keeps your batteries charged while it's driving yes so it went out it was this van is was built in 97 and so it just it was its time it needed to be replaced 
So I saw the everything on the dashboard just like die. Everything just shut off. Luckily, I was able to pull into a truck stop right before it completely shut off. And there was a mobile mechanic nearby, but they weren't open until the morning. And it was like 1 a.m. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I'm like, this is my first night in my van. I'm home. I can just like go and sleep in my van. And I was just so stoked. Like I just went in and I'm like, I closed my partition door and I could just let future Benny worry about the van because the van was up front and my house yeah. was in the back of my house was great. It was working and I had power because I had solar panels and I was like, wow, having a broken down. Yeah. Having a broken down vehicle when you live in it is not the worst thing. Although mm. when they have to go into the shop, you're stuck waiting around for quite mm. a few hours because where, where else are you going to go? Right. Yeah, that's true. Luckily, I've I've had some good mechanics who, you know, like they see my situation. I think it helped like they prioritize my van because they're like, we don't want this chick to be living in the shop. So but, <laughs> go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're two people that absolutely should be in this lifestyle. And Annie, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for the chaotic conversation that was us and and just I can't even, well, first of all, we have to meet again and just chat because I think, this <laughs> and this was so good for me selfishly. Um, I think you're fabulous. I just think you're awesome. I'm, I love you. I think you're great. Oh, I love you too. This is a great, like, this was a great experience. I loved it. Let's definitely talk again really soon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It is, will be never ending. You can never get rid of me. Um, guys, if you want to go check out Benny, um, what's your handle? Uh, Instagram is Benny meets world and it's Benny with an IE I love that. and I am creating a, I have a YouTube channel. It's kind of new. So there's not a lot on it yet, but it's Benny meets world. Everything is Benny meets world. Website is Benny meets world.com. Instagram is Benny meets world travel guide. We'll talk all the most incredible yes. things <laughs> uh, really quick. You have a video that you posted and I actually had shared it on the authentic van life page and it was just like this cute little introduction to you, your ambulance, your beautiful pup. And I just absolutely loved how you did it. It is the most beautiful cinematic piece of art that I've ever seen. And I literally could not put it on enough platforms. So if that inspires any of you guys please go and check that out because I think Benny's just fabulous and everything she does. She puts so much care and love and work into. So if you do not go check her shit out, I swear to God, I will locate you and know where you are geographically. And I will take your phone and subscribe you to her for you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>